Welcome back to Grace to Stand. This week you get both of us again, Darren Stone and George Sayor. Uh, we're glad to be with you. And so you may remember a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, we did an episode on Andy Stanley and his departure from Orthodox Christianity, which we've plotted a sort of a, t- a chart or a timeline that's gone back many years as he wanted to dehitch from the Old Testament, which is the Word of God, of course. And then it should be no surprise to us as as he did that, that now he's uh, accommodating gay marriage and trans lifestyle. And so this is was in the news and we shared our thoughts on this and why it's an issue and, and why it's incoherent to claim on the one hand an orthodox belief and saying, well, I believe marriage is between one man and one woman for life, with it, which Andy Stanley says. But then on the other hand, but gay people can't have that marriage. So gay marriage is the closest they'll come to the ideal. See, see, that's a, a dichotomization between orthodoxy, right belief and orthopraxy, right practice. And this is very postmodern. And, and we talked about that. But what we said about about what our next episode was going to be, which was delayed, was though that we we do understand the heart behind trying to help people and equip people who have loved ones who are in this struggle, the struggle of of gender confusion, the struggle of same-sex attraction, but then more broadly, just in general, how we love our immediate and close family members and maybe even close friends who are living in open sin, open struggle, and uh, and in some cases, open rebellion. And so uh, that's what we want to do today. We want to discuss that tension that people often create a dichotomy between truth and love. Um, but there there is a real struggle between seeking to honor the Lord with our resources and in our relationships, but trying to love one another, particularly immediate family members. And Darren, as we get into this, I really see this as a as a pastor in a in a local church in two churches now that I've served, that there's just no good book that I'm aware of. And so if you know of one, let me know, to parent adult children. And so a lot of this may focus on on that that side of things because typically it's the parents of adult children who are living in rebellion or are living in certain struggles and have given into them that the parents are not clear on how to navigate those waters and there's no really good manual for that of course the bible's our manual so anyway i, I i've said a lot there um it's been probably a month since we recorded that episode darren in the last uh, we couldn't get together in in that time but now we're back any introductory thoughts that you have as we begin to get into some some uh, difficult waters here, I think. Right, yeah. It, and they are difficult waters because you're you're talking about some... Um, excuse me. Hold on, I'm going to sneeze. Oh, perfect Thank you timing. for muting. Thank you for perfect muting. Perfect timing for that. <laughs> I know. You know, it's that time of year, right? All the... All the yes. Sneeze. Well, thank you for not like shooting projectiles <laughs> at the camera either. Well, the temperature went from like eighty-five to fifty-five in one day, so it's. I it's did. A little bit, it did. I was it, on the motorcycle yesterday and I was sweating because I wear a jacket, you know. Right. And then today I definitely couldn't get on it. We're in oh, the forties, actually. Yeah. So, 
anyway, back to <laughs> the, 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 uh, the challenge with, um, the challenge with this is that it's not, it's not, it's not just the, you know, theoretical. It's like, you know, what, like what's the hypothetical situation? What would you do if hypothetically something like this happened? You know, you can say very easily what you might do or, or not do. But then when it is actually your son or your daughter or your, um, you know, your close friend or something of the sort like that, then then the decision becomes much more murky and it becomes much more complicated and much more difficult because there's a there's an actual possibility of a loss of relationship so for instance if you yes if you um are are um, i mean if if you have a if you have a child for instance who um becomes involved in a same sex relationship and it determines that they want to um, to marry the, this particular individual, I, I mean, you're you're facing a, a, a tremendously difficult question there because to to attend the the wedding is to is to really celebrate them. I mean, to celebrate that union. I mean, you're celebrating what it is that they're doing. That you're you're um, you're giving your your approval to it. Your you, I mean, your witness is a Christian. I mean, you carry that with you wherever you go. You don't leave that somewhere. Um, it displays uh, some sense of, of of approval of this, and um, you know, and and I think that's I think that's something that is a, a very um, precarious place for us to be as Christians when we start moving in that direction. And yet at the same time, you're talking about your son or your daughter. And, uh, and truly, like, if you don't attend, if you were to not attend their wedding, then um, you, you, there's a real risk that you may be, um, term, that that relationship may be terminating, like, it just coming to a complete end entirely. And I think that's, um, and no one wants that, right? No one wants to just be completely alienated from their son or their daughter or their closest friend or some other very close person in their life. So that's where the, that's where the challenge is met. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, what, what I found too, Darren is it's, um, I mean, I put marrying like a heterosexual marriage, which is just, a marriage, but a, a Christian marrying a non-Christian really ought to give us the same level of um, dissatisfaction. But for some reason, it it doesn't. Right. Um, and and I think that's uh, a bit unknowingly hypocritical. But I just think it's a lack of a way to view what marriage is. So first of all, to what you said. Yes, marriage marriage is a communal event, and in Western civilization, it's become an an event for two individuals, and everybody else are spectators. But for most of the history of the world, it's been a communal event, and and everybody is sort of participating in the marriage. That's why that phrase at the end: "If anyone here knows why these two shouldn't be married," you know, it's like you know, and so it is before God and before witnesses that this marriage should be taking place. It's not simply a celebration. And so, but, but we've lost all concept of the communal 
in Western civilization. And um, and we've lost a sense of the fact that believers aren't supposed to marry unbelievers. I mean, that's that's a consistent teaching in the Bible that you see in the Old Testament. And then you see, again, Paul affirming in 1 Corinthians in the New Testament that you're to marry only in the Lord. And so much to the extent that if if somebody who's if if a person comes to faith and they're married to a non-believer and that non-believer wants to leave them, you can let they can leave and 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 the person is no longer bound to the marriage because that's an unbeliever. And so, but yet today I see there are plenty of times that Christians are marrying non-Christians and and family members and parents don't bat an eye. I mean, nobody's happy. I mean, I'm not saying they're happy about it, but they don't kind of bat an eye about participating in that. But the, the, uh, a same sex union creates more of a dilemma and they both should create a dilemma is, is my, is my point. And I think a few years ago, I would have been more hardline that a person shouldn't, a, a parent shouldn't go. But I'm more sympathetic now to, like you said, to, to exactly what you said. Um, how does a parent go and not affirm the decision or behavior, but show I'm still your your parent, you know? And I do think that's different for a parent, maybe even a grandparent. I don't know where the line is, but there comes up like like personally, I'm not going. You know, like to, to, if I have a friend that's going to get married to, you know, a man to a man, I'm, I'm not going. I'm just, I'm not going to give my seal of approval on that marriage by my attendance there. I'm not going to celebrate their rebellion and wickedness, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to be their friends in life. You know, I'm not going to, um, and so the, these are lines that are really tricky to navigate. Right, right. And the trouble is, I mean, so on one level, going to a, going to a same-sex marriage, for instance, and I want to talk about the marriage between a believer and unbeliever, which is probably more likely the issues that we're going to be dealing with. But we are going to be dealing with the, the issues of same-sex marriage. Like, do we attend that? The the marriage between a, 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 a two people of the same sex is not, a, it's not actually, a, it's not a marriage. Right. In, in the eyes of the state, it is a marriage. But in the eyes of God, there's no such thing as, as, you know, uh, two men or two women marrying each other. There's no such, that's not even a category. That's not something that is even deemed to be marriage. It's something altogether different, but it's not marriage. And because our culture and because our, our laws call it marriage does not make it marriage. What makes it marriage is how God defines it. And God defines marriage as a, as a, as a covenantal union between one man and one woman. That's what, that's what marriage is. So on, on the one hand, you're not, that's not even what, what the marriage is, but I think to attend that again is to is to give your approval of it. You're 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 showing some sense of support for what it is that they're doing. Now, you know, I do not expect unbelievers to act like believers. I don't I don't expect them to to do that. And, and I mean, honestly, I don't know. I don't 
always expect believers to act like believers. But I mean, if these two individuals are are claiming to be um, unbelievers, I still think that attending that marriage, uh, as they call it, is is something that we're we're participating in something. We're giving approval to sin. Right. I mean, ultimately, we're giving approval to something that God deems to be very wicked. And in Romans one, that's a sign of God giving them over to to their most base desires and to their idolatries and and even hardening in their, them in their heart. Now, that's ultimately for God to judge. But that's what it appears to be on all on all fronts. And I don't think that Christians ought to participate in that. I don't think that Christians ought to be um, at, attending that. You think the pa- so? Would you say that for parents too? I, I would. I would say that for parents too. And I think that you, I, you know, I think that you you do everything in the world that you can to express your love and affirmation of them. That your arms are always wide open to your child. That you. That you'll. I mean, you're. Your love for them is not based upon their decisions, however much it it grieves you um, with regard to that. How, however, um, you know, and and so what, what, what about same, if there's? Go ahead. You know, I guess I was going to say, like, with their same sex partner, you, I mean, can you have dinner with them? Can you invite them over to your house? I mean, yeah, can you spend time together with them and go do hobbies together? I think absolutely yes. But when you're talking about celebrating that that solemn and joyful time, which ought to be a union of one man and one woman, I think that's a, a an altogether different category. But the thing is, is that that if that's what you do. Then I think there's there's so, you need to be prepared for the fact that your child or your friend or whatever um, may cut that relationship off, and ultimately it is the it is that child or that friend who is the one who moves away from you. You haven't moved. You're you've remained anchored in in the same truth that you believed. They're the ones that move. They're the ones that have cut it off. But that is a that is a very real pr- possibility um, because they're not going to see. It, 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 they're 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 not frequently going to see the fact that you can truly love them without loving um, that decision, that choice that that they're making because it's so embedded in their whole identity to right. become who they are get them as, yeah. as a person yeah i so it's it's so tough i like, like i said i think a couple of years ago i would have fully said that and i think <clears throat> i just i do still think like friends non-familial relationships ought to hold that line i just i feel bad for parents who and, and yeah. you know like again it's like the husband and wife are not always on the same page with this and so it could really cause trouble in, in within the marriage of mm-hmm. the parents because mm-hmm. one member and it could be the husband or wife feels one way and the wife feels the other way and i uh i just think i don't know but i do think if the parents go well this is this is what i told one 
person when their uh, child was marrying an unbeliever. So it wasn't a, in this case, it wasn't a, a gay union, but uh, the, this person definitely didn't approve of it, has expressed that to the child. The child is, you know, it's kind of like dying for the, for their approval and blessing in this. And the, the parent won't give it, you know, and, mm -hmm. and they don't know what to do because they don't want to lose their, their kid. Right. And I think, and, and the issue is that they're marrying somebody who's not a Christian. They're not a believer, you know, and the person claims to be a believer. So the, what I said was, well, if you think you're going to lose your child over not going to the wedding, I think you can be clear that you don't approve of this, but you love your child and you will work at loving their spouse, but you're not going to change a, you, you know, th this 25 to 35 year old person is not going to, they're going through with it. I mean, that's what, that's where they're at, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that has to be good enough for the child. Like you can't demand somebody approve something they don't approve, but mm -hmm. like your profession of love for them. And then if you, if you go, they, they understand that, you know? Um, I think I think that in a marriage between a believer and an unbeliever, a, a, a man and a woman, a believer and an unbeliever, or vice versa, uh, if that's still a marriage, right? Like it's still a it's still you're a, making a good point. I I, I, I don't mean to be equivocating between mm -hmm. a same sex union, which is not a marriage, and. Mm -hmm. A marriage between a believer and an unbeliever. I, I actually I agree with what you're saying. I want to be clear about that here. Yeah, I'm not right. trying to make a moral equivalency. Sure, one I, is worse. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, the, the, so they're they're operating within the the laws of of nature. A, a man and and a woman marrying each other is a is a is a um, is a good thing. It is it is unbiblical. It is it is unwise. It's sinful for. A, a professing believer to marry an unbeliever, and that would be tremendously grievous as a as a as a father if one of my children uh, chose to do that. I think I would still attend that wedding, but yeah, I mean, I would make it very clear that like this is not something. I mean, you know, you have to really ask yourself if I'm if I'm willing to be yoked to an unbeliever in the most intimate relationship and closest relationship of my entire life. And yet the, the most, the truly most important relationship I have is the one with the Lord Jesus Christ. Then, then am I really a believer at all? Like, I mean, do I really, how, how can I say that Christ is, is my only hope in life and death? If I'm going to become one flesh with someone who doesn't believe that about Jesus at all, I mean that's that that's a that's a question that those two that that professing believer even has to ask themselves. But at the end of the day, it's still a marriage. In a same-sex marriage, that's that's different because it's not a it's not even a marriage, and it, it and it's particularly it's a particularly heinous type of sin. I mean, I think of it this way, George. And 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 I'm pretty sure this is a good example, um, but you know, let's say that your let's say that your your son was going to be um, knighted as the 
Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, and there was going to be a ceremony for that. Would you go to that ceremony? <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, okay, right. exactly. So, so that's a like I think that a lot of a lot of Christians would go well. Like, even though this is my son, that is such a that that's such an obvious wicked thing. Like, I couldn't imagine. Like, I love my. I'm going to love my son no matter what. But I can't. I can't go to a Ku Klux Klan rally where my son is going to be knighted the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. I. I mean, like, I could. I can't imagine most Christians in our orbit saying that 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 would be something that they would do. Well, is is there is there an equally moral uh, uh, something equally egregious and 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 wicked happening in a in a same sex marriage? I think I I think yes, <laughs> um, and and it's. It, I mean, you're, what you're doing is you're is you're taking a, a, a man and a man or a woman and a woman, and you're and you're and you're saying this is somehow equivalent to the covenant union of one man and and one woman, and which which again, marriage. This is a big thing because marriage is in scripture. A, a demonstration, a picture of the very gospel itself, the relationship between Christ and the church. So we're we're not we're not talking about um, you know someone's someone's graduation ceremony. We're not talking about uh, you know someone's um, you know concert. We're talking about we're talking about marriage here, and it, that's a whole different category. That's actually ought, that it actually ought to be some sort of a picture of the gospel, and it's a it's a perversion of it, and and it's a celebration of something that is profoundly wicked. So on paper, and and, and I think and I think you stand on really solid biblical ground to say, I can't celebrate this, but I really do get the 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 role the the cost of that i get the cost of that for um for mothers and fathers or or close friends or whatever the case may be of not going and the tension like you said in the marriage too with one i mean that would be very likely for for a, for a husband and a wife the parents of this particular individual to to not see eye to eye about what to do on this but they risk losing that relationship. And I think you just have to remember that as as much as you may feel as if you're the one pulling away, that's not really what's happening. I mean, you're to, to be anchored in the truth is to be anchored in the truth. And if that person departs from it, then and they depart from you as a result, then then that's that's their decision as long as you're always there welcoming them back like the prodigal so yeah and so uh, we talked about first corinthians 5 before this i'll just read it mm -hmm. i wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people mm -hmm. not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters since then you would need to go out of the world but now i am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of a brother so a christian if he's guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one, 
For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. And this this verse is a very, we're not going to be able to do it justice on this discussion, but Mm -hmm. because people have used this verse to say, well, we're not supposed to eat, you know, so unbelievers can do whatever they want because this says we don't judge them. And I mean, that is just taking this verse completely out of context mm-hmm. because the the Bible shows Old Testament and New all the time, the covenant community telling unbelievers what they're doing is sin. And mm-hmm. so uh, that that is not what it's talking about. But it, it, it's, it does say that if somebody bears the name of a brother, and so why, why I bring this out in, in this part of the conversation is because you may have a, a child who has renounced the faith and is going to marry, uh, uh, be in a same-sex marriage. And and I, I just think it's complicated. Darren, I agree completely with your position. Mm-hmm. I would not fault a parent um, for expressing their disapproval for the marriage, but still being there for their kid, even though I think I, I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone else should, um, because it is that it is treated that wickedly in, in mm-hmm. scripture. But I do think that, you know, the whole marriage conversation is, is one thing. Uh, but, but this, the, the issues of adult children mm-hmm. who are living in rebellion to what they've been taught and to the word of God, uh, it, it comes in an intersection with parents all the time. So, it could be, for instance, and again, not to make this completely about homosexuality, but it could be that your adult child is cohabitating um, with, again, in a, a, a man with a woman and how you view that. Now, certainly what two consenting adults apparently in our society do outside your house is is fine, but you do have some say in what happens inside your house. And I, I run into this. Uh, very often, both with parents and grandparents, with their adult grandchildren or great grandchildren, where th- they're living at home, and we know that kids are staying home much longer, uh, even than I mean, you and I aren't that old, but like t- typically, we wanted to get out of the house. But nowadays, kids live in their ha- parents' house into their thirties, and and um, the parents allow them to carry on illicit sexual relationships in their home because they're adults and they again they're afraid of estranging their kid and i have to say well do you like that they're having a guy over or a girl over and they're doing that in the bedroom next to you like that's that's fine well no i don't like it i said well then you're the parent this is your home mm-hmm. you have a right and and a duty before god to honor him in your home and I just see parents and grandparents alike uh, struggle with what their adult kids do in their basement or or in in a bedroom they're staying in or what. And and I just think I, I don't know when it got so complicated, but I think people have to understand you can draw lines in your own home. Oh yes. Have you run into this? I, I, I don't know. You're looking at me. You're looking at me funny. Have you run into this? I deal no, with this. No, 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 no. You, no, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I mean, I think that. I mean, like, in your, your home. I mean, you, you, you set the rules in your, your own home. I mean, that this, it's your, it's your home. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you get to 
decide how that's going to to work. I I think they they tell me, but they'll move out. You know, well, well, they'll move they out. Are, then move out. They should. <laughs> I, mean, I know. If I'm your like, child is twenty, listen. Good riddance. Again, <laughs> not the relationship, but who says they have a right to live in your home as an adult? No. Live however rebellious and, way they want. And I and look, I I get I get. Okay, so there are cultural things involved here. There are certain cultures where it's commonplace for the children to live at home until they get married. Um, and cultures, and I'm not just talking about like, you know, uh, uh, Italians or or Latin Latin American cultures or anything. I mean, even in even in cultures that I'm familiar with, there's some there's some subcultures where that's just kind of the the modus operandi and and so i think that that's that is what it is that's fine it's just a cultural aspect but the thing is is that in your house you determine like what is acceptable and what's and what's not like if it is you know if it's okay that your that your three-year-old um stands on the sofa um then that's that's your rule, and if it's not, that's your rule. And and if the dog climbs on the sofa or or not, I mean that's your rule. But I don't think that you know parents need to need to need to uh, somehow roll out the red carpet and 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 make it make it easy for their children to to come into their house, especially their adult children. To come into their to their own house and engage in behaviors that are that are um, not pleasing to the Lord at all, and and um, and and somehow just kind of excuse that. I mean, there are certain because there's because there are certain behaviors that you would not allow them to do. Like you, if they were, you wouldn't allow them to smoke in the house. Probably you wouldn't allow them to. Um, to engage in criminal activities on their on their laptop in your house, you wouldn't. There's a lot of things that you wouldn't allow them to do in your house, but now you're going to allow them to do this in your house, and I, I just don't think that. I mean, you, you yeah, just if said you, if they move out and they're 28 years old, then that's probably what they ought to be doing anyway. Right. Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure that they wouldn't be allowed to do drugs and smoke and do things on the computer. I mean, I, I, I see now. There's this inability of parents, and honestly, I, I've seen this more and more where there's just an irresponsibility in young adults, mm -hmm. and parents are afraid that they're going to live more destructive lives if they're out of their house than if they're in their house. And so they put up with a lot in their house. But you and enable, what you're doing is you're enabling. Yes. Them. Yeah, enabling no, I know. Them. I know. And, and I mean, I, I've seen parents at their wits end at my, not just, I mean, really at my other church um, mm -hmm. where they don't know what to do. The kids are an addict and, and the mm -hmm. kid is, you know, they're going to be living under a bridge and they were living under a bridge and now they're in their house and they're trying to put boundaries, but they have to put up with stuff and it's just the, these things, I think there's a very black and white way to view it, but then there's the, you're in the nitty gritty and mm -hmm. I don't begrudge parents for trying to figure that out, you know, and they, uh, but it's what I want parents to hear is you need to have boundaries in your home. You need to honor the, your home is, uh, you are stewarding that f for the Lord. It's right. not yours. It's the Lord's. 
He owns everything. And if he's blessed you with it, it's his. And so the mm -hmm. idea that you would allow it to be used in ungodly and unholy ways is, is not, is not okay. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, here's one for you, Darren. What, what about if you have, um, friends or again, we can go back to the adult kid thing, uh, who, who are going to come in and visit from out of town and they're bringing their, their, uh, their girlfriend or their boyfriend and they're staying with you. What do you do? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a, you know, again, I think, I, I, I think we need to remember that we're not, I do not expect unbelievers to live as believers and act as believers. I mean, I, I don't, I don't expect that they're going to have any concept of that. Um, I, I do think that there, you know, there is some on, on some level, a measure of, um, you know, just wisdom is how you how you seek to navigate that particular aspect. And again, it's your it's your home. So so your home, you you determine the boundaries and you determine the rules of, of how your household is going to work based upon the word of God. But that looks a little bit different in George Saylor's home than it does in Darren Stone's home because we're two different individuals. But I, I do think that, um, you know, that, that's a, that is a very gray area because you're not, what you're, you're not, like with your child that's living there and, and they're, they're 20 something years old and they're just living there indefinitely. Um, that's, that's a, that's a boundary issue that ought to be, discussed if someone is you know you have a family member they're bringing their their you know their boyfriend or girlfriend and staying together and it's one night that's a that's a different so you you let them stay in the same room with I mean, your kids I there I, I i'm not i'm not i'm not i don't know exactly what i would do i have not because so you, you, you have young kids and you have kids that can understand and yeah um, that's I mean, that, you, know, you take that into account too. Okay. So let, I mean, my, my kids are spread out through a, a wide age range. I, you know, hypothetically, you have, you have a, a child who's now in their twenties and brings home the, the boyfriend or the girlfriend, but then you still have a, a, a 12 year old, 13 year old child at home who's, who's, starting to really kind of explore what relationships with the opposite sex are all about and, and, and all that. And they, they see this and, and, you know, how you, how you might address that given the fact that you've got this 12 or 13 year old in your household may be different than if you, that you don't have that. Factor. So the way I've, the, the way I've seen it. Yeah. So the way I've seen it happen is, uh, typically it could be um a sibling of one of the one of the parents and so somebody's mm -hmm. brother or sister who's unmarried and then they they're in town for holidays or they're they're and you want to be hospitable and let them stay and you're happy to have them visit and they're bringing a significant other who they obviously cohabitate with and um yeah i i got I, I'm, a, I'm a little surprised at your response i gotta say i'm not saying you're you're wrong i'm not judging you but mm -hmm. i'm like well, that's fine. You can visit, but you're not staying in the same room in my house. I mean, I'm not going to mm -hmm. provide you 
with the opportunity to perpetuate your sin, particularly with my teenage kids in the house. Like I'm no, teaching not with one teen- thing. No, I'm s- not, with, not with the teenage kids in the house. I'm just thinking like, if you don't have kids in the house and that, that happens, I, I mean, that's different. I mean, I, I, to be honest, before when, before Susan and I had kids, we had that situation and we let them stay in. I mean, this was 20 years ago now, but we let them stay in the, mm-hmm. uh, or almost 20 years ago. You know, I, I just think, uh, uh, but now that I have kids in the house. Like I would never do that. Cause I'm not going to, I'm not going to give my kids the idea that it's okay, uh, even though they see it out in the world. You know, I'm not going to put and, it in their face. Listen, that is exactly what you're doing. You have to keep that in mind. Like, you, you know, what is your ultimate responsibility in the household is for your children um, to to raise them in the nurture and instruction of the Lord. And what you're so by allowing those that cohabitating couple to be in your house to sleep together. Um, why is it going to make any sense when they bring home their boyfriend or girlfriend from college and want to do the same thing? And then you say, no, that doesn't, right. that, that's duplicitous. That's, that, that doesn't make any sense. You know, you, right. you I'll say, well, not in my home me, and it's, a, and, and we're doing the same exact thing. Yeah. Not in my home, you know, or, yeah. or, and they might say, well, mom and dad, I, you know, I'm doing that in college. What's the difference? You're allowed it in your home already. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah, I do think it, I do see some of these are situational um, in how and I'm not saying the sin is is situational. I'm saying how we respond to it is situational. The sin is the sin. And, um, you know, I, I, I another one is, again, so you have. Uh, so so I, I see this in families where one adult child is 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 in a homosexual relationship and they are out of town and and but there's younger siblings in the house still and the parents just want their kid to come home you know and so the kid is going to come home from the holidays and they bring their same sex partner with them and the the tension there is very similar to the the, the marriage situation like because you and I know that the whole gay marriage thing is the they could have had civil unions. They could have had um, cohabitation and nothing was stopping them. You know, they could have made a contract. No, it, it was about getting the marriage because mm-hmm. that in their mind legitimizes what they're doing and their, their mm-hmm. behavior. And so by not going to the marriage, by not legitimizing the behavior, like you said, or you alluded to at least, it's no longer, you know, hate the sin, love the sinner. If you hate the sin, the the person committing that views them you you as hating them because their sin, their behavior is their being, you know, and so it's hard to put up the boundaries. But you know, do do you let? Do, so do you think a parent should let their uh, son or daughter in a same sex relationship? bring that partner over and spend the night in your house because they're coming home from the holidays and they're bringing their significant other with them. What do you, what do you do there? I'm putting I mean, you on the spot cause I don't want to answer these questions. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I just can't imagine allowing in my home something that is so, so, so patently, Wicked. I mean, like that is a, a, something that is just obviously. How about if they're not? How about if they're not going to? They, they agree to stay in different rooms. What if they agree to stay in different rooms? I mean, I think that would be. 
yeah, I think I would allow that. But I mean, I, I mean, yeah, if they, if, if, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I think I would allow that. I mean, that, that's, that's different. But I mean, to, to, to share room, to share the same bed, to, 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 um, provide the opportunities for that kind of intimacy to take place in, in my house. I, I would, I would find it very difficult to justify that. I mean, and, and really, I mean, it's, you know, you we live, and this is something we need to recover. We live before the face of God first. We yeah. live for the sake of his glory first. And typically what we're, we're most concerned with is keeping the peace and avoiding the conflicts that would ensue and the, the fallout from that, from, um, uh, from standing for, you know, for, for the sake of God's glory and what is, and even the good, even the good and the love of, of our family members who are engaged in this. Um, so I, I think that, uh, we need to remember to for, in front of whose face that we're actually living and for for whose approval we're actually living and that's got to be ultimately for the lords and i mean jesus is pretty clear in scripture that whoever is not willing to lose father and mother or brother or sister for my sake um you know is is not is, is not is not really fit for the the kingdom like there's there's loss that will come i mean when when you when you um intend to when you endeavor to to walk in newness of life to pursue the glory of god in all things you 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 will suffer loss and the the most um painful thing that I can imagine would be to to lose or to subvert the relationship that I have with my children because you you love your children you remember them when they were infants and they had this innocency that about them but um but but I don't want to be an an agent to to harden them in their sin by approving of what it is that they're doing. I want to take that opportunity to, to say, I love you and will always love you and will never stop loving you no matter what. And I, I can't, I can't violate my conscience, which is bound to scripture on this. And I can't, I cannot provide you. I cannot enable you to have the opportunity to, to, to pursue under my roof that right. which is that that which is the scripture calls this a great sin. I mean, I can't. I can't provide that. I can't provide that any more than I could can can approve and provide various other. Uh, horrible things that we would equally agree are, are should not be allowed underneath a roof. Yeah. So what 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 I tell people, and this isn't just for parents. Um, I mean, I, I agree with what you said there, Darren. It's it's um, wholeheartedly, and that's that tension of mm -hmm. answering to God, and how we then translate that into how we are able to love others, and in, in many cases who don't mm -hmm. even share our faith, but. 
Right. What, what I often tell congregants is because and, – and even people who are friends, so it doesn't even have to be a parent. Like if you have somebody that is living in open rebellion and sin, I mean th- this verse is hard. It says don't even eat with them, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there are other verses that say treat them as an unbeliever. But then this verse says don't judge unbelievers like because you can't expect – so it, it – it is complicated. I think it's worse when somebody claims to be a Christian and they're living like the world than that, just if somebody that's a, is. That's a categorically different thing. I mean, you're, yes. that person's that really person is truly blaspheming the name of Christ because they are they are professing to be in union with Christ and following Christ when they are actively and consciously re- rebelling against Him. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, but like. There may be a coworker. You, you're not going to, you know, or, or it could be a neighbor. And so there, there is interaction and relationship. Mm-hmm. And people have often asked me, like, how do you deal? How do you deal with this? And I'm like, well, if they know where you stand, I don't think that needs to be belabored with every interaction. No, you, no. You know, and, and then I tell that to parents too. Like, I, I think th- they hurt for their kid, and they're trying to. And it does again. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be homosexuality. It could be drug use. It could be. Mm-hmm heterosexual sin. It could be any one of a number of things. And I said, well, do your, does your child know where you stand? Mm-hmm. And they say, well, yes. I'm like, well, then that doesn't have to pervade every interaction you have with them if you're trying to mend your relationship with them because they don't, they know that, that when they see you, you're going to bring this up, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I think there is a point where as long as we are clear that they are clear on where we stand on mm-hmm. the decisions they've made and the life they're living. Every interaction doesn't have to be pervaded yeah. by that. So long as we place up the right boundaries and, and hold to those boundaries. And so again, you may have a child who's uh, in an, in, in a same sex relationship and you, I, I you know, I, yeah, that's your child. You're going to still want to have that relationship. So you have the right boundaries, but then every time you see them, you don't have to, that doesn't have to be what pervades it. And you pray, you know, and we, and we, and I have a lot of people in, in that I know in the two churches I pastor that are praying fervently. Like there's probably not an hour that goes by in their life where they're not praying for their adult children who are living in rebellion. Mm-hmm. And we trust God for that. But what I will, what I want to say is this is, this is my last word on it, uh, Darren, it'll just sort of another anecdote of how complicated and difficult this is. So, this this story is from over ten years ago, and it's not from here. So I think I can I could tell it. But I'm aware of a beautiful woman mm-hmm. who had the whole world before her, and uh, she had a marriage. She had kids. She got addicted to painkillers that went to uh, illegal drugs, mm-hmm. and because she got cut off from the painkillers, and she was just pursuing drugs, she ended up prostituting herself and being on the street. And nobody would take this upper middle class woman for that. How, how do you end up a prostitute? I mean, it's it's it's, it's horrible. Young mm-hmm. she she had young children, and so the parents see how she's living, and they they take her into the home. But now it's going on under their roof, so they throw her out, mm-hmm. and it's back and forth, and nothing they do like because in a broken, fallen world, there's pain all around. You know, okay. and it's 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 an easy thing for somebody not in that situation, say, to throw them out. 
And then you see that it affects your grandkids. And so then you take them in. And now you see it's you're enabling it because now you're babysitting the kids while this is going on. And so you set boundaries and halfway houses and all this stuff. And it's 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 very, very complex. It is very complex. And so my heart goes out to people. That's why I said this is not a it's not uh unique to homosexuality and Ooh. kids living that life. And uh there's estrangement in a lot of ways that can happen between parents and kids. And there's there's a it's very difficult between enabling and then shutting them out. And I just think you take it to the Lord. You do have to set boundaries, but you have to realize, and you said this earlier, it's different for every situation and family, particularly when grandkids are involved too, you know? So, um, it, it is easy. I'll, I'll close with this. It's easy to sit here behind a, a, a microphone and, and, uh, say these things. It's much difficult. Much, it's much more difficult to put it into practice. And I think that, um, you know, James says that if we lack wisdom, that we mm. need to ask for it. Praise God. God will give that generously to us. And I think we also need to remember that we're saved into the church and we ought not be facing these types of questions and these types of difficulties alone. We ought to be, because when when we're talking about our children or our family members and we're in the thick of it, there is there is an inability to, to, to always see very clearly because of the intimacy of those relationships. And, and that's true of all of us, which is why we need to, to be able to process these things with um, others in the church, mature people in the church, not just indiscriminately, but mature people in the church who are going to help us walk through these murky waters and figure out where we should go and what we should do and what is most ultimately faithful to the Lord and what's truly loving, not what necessarily feels loving, but what is truly loving to those that, that we love. And then what happens as a result of that, we need to entrust to the hands of our faithful Savior who works all things according to the counsel of his will for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. And I think that if we can, if we can truly rest in that and, and personally wrap our arms around those realities, um, we will be, the, the Spirit has a way of fortifying us to, to, to maneuver through such difficult situations. But George, I mean, th this was, this was not the easiest set of topics for us to discuss today, but I think especially since I was pitching them to you. you were, so I, yeah. I was, you were throwing them out to I, me. I was getting, that way I didn't have to commit, but I, <laughs> yeah. So um, if you're, if you're listening to this again, my, my, uh, my second conclusion is simply, Stand in the truth and the word of God and trust mm -hmm. in, in, in his love for you, but also in his holiness and his righteousness in making these decisions. Yep. Because it is going to affect relationships, but also know, as Darren said, you, we have one another. And what I've told people is so many people in the congregation are dealing with what you're dealing with mm -hmm. because I'm meeting with them all the time and it's, it's, it's sad and it's hard, you know? And so you're not alone. Let's just look to let's look to Christ and trust in him in this fallen world, even in our relationships. Good show, George. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Yes.